0: welcome to another episode of my hope is built on with your hosts david and dan ziggler a show about real people with real stories answering the question what is your hope built on may this week's episode bring you some hope
1: all right well welcome back to another episode of my hope is built on we're so excited again as each week we're getting uh, all these special and creative guests that are coming in here with a lot of stuff to share with us about their hope. And this week we got a special friend and a special guest. Her name is Marie Carrillo. I probably said that even bad, even when I rolled my R's. (laughs) But anyways, uh, we've known Marie, I don't know, quite. I feel like we've known you for quite some time. Yeah. You know, even... uh, You worked in the office at Valley View while David was in elementary school. So that's, you know, that's incredible, you know, just to think that that's been knowing you that long. And I, uh, and so it's really exciting to have you on today. And I know that you've, you know, we've had times to talk and we've heard some of your personal stories and personal journey of life. You served with me when I was a youth pastor uh, at Heart of the Canyons Church and uh so you know it's been you know it's just been exciting and i know that we've kept in touch even though we're not going to the same churches and we're not even bumping into each other anymore at any of the schools or anything like that but we've managed to stay in touch and stay in contact and uh, i like i said i'm just really excited to see in here oh and i I i was fortunate enough to even uh officiate your daughter's wedding too so yeah that was, yes, yeah, yes. That was really thank cool. you <laughs> yeah that was so cool um <laughs> Anyways, you know, uh, it's just a really crazy thing. And so we're excited and um, we're happy to do this interview today. So, David. Yeah. Why don't you do the honors? Why don't you ask Marie the questions?
0: All right. Well, first off, before we get into the deep, deep questions, we want to let the audience know a little bit more about who you are. Who is Marie? So, why don't you go ahead and just give a backstory about. I don't know who you are, what you've been up to, the new things in life that are happening. Like I said earlier before recording, you're a world traveler now, <laughs> pretty much.
2: Well, okay. So um, I'm, uh, I have three children. Let's we'll start off with a little bit about myself right now. Okay. I have three children and grown-up children and five beautiful grandbabies.
1: Awesome. Um,
2: love them to death. <laughs> and um, let's see, 15 years ago, I was a surrogate. So I have that one and I have been involved in the past. Like Dan said, I was involved with, um, with the high school youth at heart of the canyons, helping you out and helping out. I've been involved with a lot of high school youth with, um, doing, um, teaching Bible study at camp Scott and camp Scudder. Those are the detention centers for young girls. And I also helped out a lot with Chrysalis And that's, um, kind of like, a don't want to say it's a camp, but I guess, uh, it's like a mess. Yeah. But where yeah. you 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 kids come in, youth kids come in from the ages of fifteen to eighteen, and you have four days with them, and you just love on them and teach them about the Bible, et cetera. So I was been very involved with the youth um, yeah. throughout my years, I guess, as an adult. And um, right now, recently, I'm retired. I used to work for a local school district as an executive secretary, and um, I heard two years ago that I was retiring and everything just fell like right into place, Mm -hmm. and I have been blessed to be able to um, um, be at home, but I'm also, there's a new journey for me. I, I know now what I'm doing, okay, but there's a new journey along the road, but I just came back. I was in Nicaragua in April for a whole month. And with my aunt and my family, like I mentioned, it was at um, was it, um, Palm Desert for a week. And yeah. now I, I just went to the beach last week for <laughs> glamping. I, like I mentioned, it was five girls in an RV. I don't know. Lord help us there. But we <laughs> made it through. Okay. We enjoyed it. And um, that's it. I'm, I, I, um, he is provided. And, and as on because my belief is in the Lord, and as well, you'll hear my testimony. We speak more that He has provided, and I can't complain. And and um, things that are happening now in my life.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, well, with that, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you. So, obviously, this podcast is called "My Hope Is Built On," so we're going to ask you what your hope is built on. Um, But before diving too much, what why don't you define what hope really means to you?
2: Okay, I think for me, hope means um, having the glass, seeing a glass half full than half empty. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, more like always seeing the positive. What 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 um, I, I guess I like to see it more as if I can see life that way, then that gives me more hope. And then right. I make me more peace in my life. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing something negative is going on, thinking of what, what can, what, what hope entails in me is that kind of, yeah. I, if that explains it a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Layman's
0: yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So then that goes uh, to the next question. What is your hope built on?
2: Okay. So being that said is that um uh, my hope is built on because now that i know you know with time and growing into the lord that my hope is built on my faith my hope my faith in the lord okay mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not easy that that was not an easy thing to attain it was um it's it's still a work in progress and i i do know that um growing up as a young child as a latchkey kid and not having a dad there and and my mom working all the time. um, And my mom actually being um, diagnosed with a mental illness. So that dealt a lot of the factor in there that I ended up um, more like helping and taking care of my little sister growing during the process feeding and all this stuff. But anyway, um, as a young kid, my mom, we never did church. We didn't pray together. And, um, but I can see now the steps of where God worked in my life. Okay. So, so I'm going to keep talking. And if you guys yeah, tell me to stop, absolutely. Just stop okay. Yeah. But I do recall that at like five years old, my mom had me live with this late older lady, Rosella. I lived her for five to seven until like two years because of our boundaries of the school. She wanted me to go to the school. So I lived with this lady. Hmm. Well, this lady, old lady is the one that gave my first Bible. Wow. So she was the one that actually told me about God, told me about Jesus. Okay. So that was my first foundation right there. Right. And, um, and then um, probably like around eight or something around that. I remember my mom telling me about, because I didn't have a dad and picture and everything. And I did have another a sister involved there. We didn't have any father figure. And she told me that I was a product of rape. OK, mm. so I grew up from that on knowing and thinking that I was unwanted and I felt unwanted. OK, that I was unwanted, that I was the ugly duckling and my little sister gorgeous. And she's always been gorgeous, a little girl. And so I just kind of grew up that way. And so I think that's why my my um, I have such a love for the youth. OK, because I I went through challenge, went through stuff mm. and I I I just relate there. Yeah. Okay? So about 10 years old, my mom and I, my sister and I, we all went to Nicaragua for the first time. My mom's family's from Nicaragua okay. and, um, I met my grandmother and, um, I refused to come home.
0: Hmm.
2: I just didn't want to be a part of this lifestyle. So I lived there for, um, a little bit, a couple of years, two years, came back home. And, um, I remember around 15, I was rebellious I got involved with drugs. I started, I ran away from home, and I was literally shipped to Nicaragua. Put on a a ship, ship, put on a plane, you're going to your grandmother's, okay? Which was my saving grace, because I I, I remember being there, and I got involved with a youth group there, and um, I, I just blossomed more there a little bit, knowing about the Lord, which I hadn't had in all these years. And then that was the first time I ever had a dream from God, that I, that I recognized that I had a dream from God. Yeah. And I was 15 years old. I came back I was around, um, I think, 17. And again, no, not getting along with my mom, nothing to do with drugs. I was doing well and everything. But we had our issues, little things here and there.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, I was kicked out of the house. So I had moved in. How old? And- Seventeen. Okay. Wow. And then I, I I went to go live with a friend of mine and her family, and um, I started working and met my my husband, or my ex husband at the time now, and we I was still so seventeen when I got in involved with him, had my first child at 18, which I do not recommend to anybody. you <laughs> not go down that road. Yeah, um, yeah, it was yeah. a rough marriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. A rough 28 years of marriage, but I know it was rough because we didn't have God as a center. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was, it was not that. And I remember crying and spending a lot of time with the Lord and just saying, I'm unhappy, but I kept saying, fix him. I, I don't recall ever saying fix me. Yeah. Okay. And, um, anyway, we've been divorced for six years, but right before I got divorced, we were divorced. I was invited to go to this Emmaus retreat. Okay. For adults. And what it is basically, it's like what I mentioned. I'm, I was involved with Chrysalis for the youth that they go to this retreat. But before I could help with that, I had to experience it. And and the adult version was the Emmaus. So when I'm, when I get there, I had this little chip on my shoulder, you know, why are you here? I'm here because I'm going to help the youth and I got it, whatever. Okay. Well, I was truly humbled and the Lord humbled me and and was working on me and what I, what I needed to do with me, fix with me. Okay. And I remember they asked, um, the last day they asked, what are you taking from this? And I remember saying, I will serve God no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, one month later, I was tested. Okay. Uh-huh. One month later, I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease, Guillain-Barre, which um, affects the nervous system and um, it causes paralyzation. And then it goes into respiratory failure. Well. Before I even knew this, that what it was yet, okay, during this process of a two week span, um, I was in such excruciating pain. I mean, I couldn't walk. I was paralyzed half my feet. I I was drinking out of a straw. Mm -hmm. Um, The pain was so much that I I, I remember going to, um, my son take him to the emergency room and they're giving me morphine for this pain and the pain's not going away. And they're saying, I think there's something wrong with your head. I think you're crazy. You you know, they didn't really say crazy, but I think you need to see a specialist. Okay. And, um, anyway, um, I remember, um, nights going in the shower, pouring hot water, steaming hot water and crying from this pain. And I'm pleading to God, okay, if you just will take this pain away, I will serve you no matter what. I don't care if I'm paralyzed, but I will serve you. And, um, it just gets emotional because you know, you know, that, you know, that he's there, but in those moments that you're in this desperation, you're like, okay, is he really hearing me? Okay. Anyway, um, within a two week span, oh, one of the things I was doing during that time, obviously I was, I was asking for prayers, people to pray for me. Okay. I immediately reached out and that's my to go now. I mean, if something goes on, I'm asking for prayers because I have seen miracles. But um, another thing I was doing was praising him. And I would praise him by singing. And I think I've told you one of my favorite songs is praise you in the storm. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I just, in, and within two weeks span, the I was went to a neurologist, which did a spinal tap, figured out what it was. And she said, I had all the symptoms except for um, the respiratory failure. And my state would save me from that, from going into that was that because of such pain, I was also having headaches and I would sit up and that kept me from not falling, going back and going into that respiratory. But anyway, the God, God brought me through that. And, uh, and he's brought us through so many things, but for me personally, like three years ago, Um, I think three years ago is kind of like when I really started. So six years in my divorce, I'm going, going through this process of being alone and lonely. And so I remember three years ago, going through like this depression, deep depression. Okay. And loneliness. And, you know, my kids are already getting out. They're all there. And I'm alone here. And, you know, poor me and crying in the shower, you know, Lord help me, you know, I'm, you know, I'm feeling this way. And so, then I started to connect more with God. Okay. I started to really spend time and spend time with more um, believers and start speaking to them and um, going deeper, I think in my relationship, because I've never, I've always said, okay, there's a God. Okay. But I never really went deeper into having a relationship with what I call father God. Okay. I mean, it wasn't until then that I actually ever called him father. I mean, now I can easily call him Papa and that's easy to me. Okay. But I growing up without a father figure, I mean, I, I, I've always felt like I had to protect myself. I've had to defend myself. I've had to take care of myself, figure out the problems for myself, which I took into my marriage, you know, which I, it just all trickle affected into there. So about three years ago, going through this deep depression, um, um, I, I, was reaching out to people and I, I had a couple of believers, I think four different times tell me, um, that you need to be still. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, okay, what is this? Like the last time they told me to be still, I go, well, what is God telling you? What is he telling me? Um, I've stopped working at doing a lot of overtime. I've stopped doing a lot of community service. I've stopped. What is it? Yeah. So someone told me goes. You need to spend quiet time mm-hmm. with God. Your mind and probably like a lot of us people out here. Our minds go race all the time. We have all these thoughts going through our heads, especially when you kids. You have to go this. You have to do that. You have to work. You have to do this. Okay. It's, now, if you have problems, all these little problems start coming into your head. All these little thoughts are coming in and they constantly were bombarding me. Yeah. So what they told me is that you needed to spend time and and be able to get those thoughts under control with the Lord. Okay, so I when I'm in my my bedroom on the floor, I would get there and I just go, "Okay, here I am, God. Here I am." And I remember going through two weeks of hell. Two weeks. Okay, I would cry, going, "I can't stop these noises." You know, it's not like I heard voices. Oh, you go hurt yourself, or go do this, or go do that. Okay but it was constantly constantly and i would just cry and i said would well, if you could just take away these noise these these, these thoughts mm-hmm. just take them away okay um, and i remember probably within the after two weeks i'm at work one day and i'm just sitting there and i'm like going wow it's quiet why is it quiet wow and i realized my thoughts are quiet okay and that's 2 years ago i think well Maybe probably two and a half years ago. Two two and a half years ago, but to this day, I can be quiet and I can just close it, and the mouth. it's quiet. It's solid. It's solitude, quietness. Okay, but that's how I know the difference of what when it's my voice, when it's God's voice, when it's not His voice hmm. okay, that's coming to me. And um, anyway, so about two years ago, things even started getting even better and better. I mean, it's <laughs> like they start morphing even more and more. Um, I started spending more time with God. I started wanting to hear him speak to me. I started journaling Mm -hmm. and, um, that's when I heard you're retiring. Okay. (laughs) And, and I'm like, um, that's like 53. I'm going to retire at 55. I can't retire at 55. I have to work. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, all right. How come I'm, can you prove to me, can you give me a, no, I said an affirmation or confirm me some way that I'm not going crazy here.
1: Yeah.
2: So, all right. Um, So I hear him say, check your health insurance. Okay. So I go into work and I go, okay, so tell me about my health insurance when I retire. Oh, you know, if you retire at 55 in the school year, there's a clause in your contract and your health insurance is paid a hundred percent until, until your age is 65. And I'm like, I can go work anywhere. I don't have to worry about health insurance. I don't I can just, if that happens, I can go and I can get my pension and still work. Okay. So that's another story I can get going on, you know, <laughs> anyway, I mean, I mean, he's provided anyway. So, um, I mean, he has, he has provided to the point that I honestly didn't know to like a week before I was retiring wow. where he was taking me. I mean, it, it literally was, and, and and it all happened to do with a hummingbird, which now I'm going to tell you with a hummingbird. Okay. <laughs> so, so during this time of two years ago, me spending more time with him, I'm on the knee on my knees in my living room on my, on the, on the looking out or well, praying out the I guess I have a glass door to my backyard and I'm on my knees and I'm praying and I'm praying to him. And I open up my eyes, and right in front of me is a hummingbird. It's just <laughs> fluttering. If the window wasn't there, I could have touched it. Okay. It was a remarkable. And um since then I've got hummingbirds just constantly coming to me, constantly. Wow. I mean, I kid you not, yesterday, um, five different times hummingbirds coming up right up to my window out my bedroom window I'm opening up and they're right there um today one one came up specifically and literally was it wasn't just like fluttering around out there it literally was up at my window kind of like almost like looking for me or looking for somebody (laughs) um I I, I've had them I go on for walks in the morning and I, I have to stop my walk because one comes and flutters right in front of me these are great segues for people because I, I, I went to my son, Omar, took me to um, a friend of his during COVID. We're at their house and the, the garage door is open and he's not a believer, believer, I think. And, and we're just speaking and we're talking. And here comes a hummingbird right into the garage, literally steps right in the garage and just fluttering right there. The man is amazed going, I've never had this happen here. And And I'm like, Oh, well, let me tell you my hummingbird story.
0: Okay? Yeah, Oof.
2: but it's a constant. I mean, people's homes that I go go, they I go. Oh, where's your hummingbird? Um, we don't have hummingbirds. And I'm like going, Yeah, I saw your hummingbird last time I was here. I was out in the morning, out there early. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Here, and sure enough, that same day we're playing cornhole. The hummingbird comes right flying right past us. I go, "There's your hummingbird." So anyway, back to the the, the, the hummingbird was two years ago. I heard him say look for a hummingbird logo. Ooh. Okay. So I'm thinking my next job's a hummingbird logo. Da, da, da. Anyway, it happened to be with a school, a certain school that I'm starting to, to, to take classes for. And they gave me a whole list of schools of I can research. And when I did, I kind of go, Oh, I like that one. I think that's the one. And I open it up and it's their logo is a purple hummingbird.
1: <laughs>
2: wow. Anyway, so let me go for back. So now we're in COVID time. Okay. COVID. I'm sorry. I know COVID was crazy. I know it's been terrible for a lot of people. I think it's been a blessing for me in the sense that I have grown so much. Okay. Um, spiritually connected emotionally. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have just grown. Um, and that's when I started to like connect more or, or just, seek him more, seek the Lord more. And now my dreams started to morph. Uh, my dreams are, are, are in color, in numbers, like people's names, people, smells, sounds. And, and, and I've learned to, how to now start deciphering obviously with the Holy spirit. Okay. To decipher them, but also biblically. Okay. Find the background biblically of what is the meaning of that, whatever I saw, the vacuum that I saw the other night, what was the meaning of it? Okay. And what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about this? So, and, and through that, through that process, I've learned um, who to pray for. Okay. Oh. Or certain events that were happening. Okay. To avoid, I don't want to say avoid. like I had any action. I, I it was always God, but I'll tell you one time I was, I was in a dream. I was told of, of somebody that was um, I guess, well, I wanted to say hurt himself, commit, um, with a knife. Okay.
0: Right.
2: Kill himself with a knife. Okay. And, um, and I, I woke up and immediately go, Oh, two o'clock in the morning. And I know who this person. And so I'm like I'm texting. Cause we have a connection here. I was able to text and I need, I think you need to pray over your house. Just had a dream, and so the all I'm praying and praying about all day for this. Five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm saying, "Is I get a call? Is this about so and so because he wants to heal, he wants to kill himself? Okay, Jeez. you know what? That in store in alone is a miracle. That whole story and it. Thank you, Lord, has a great end. I mean, it's still processing, a work in progress sure, sure. for all of us. Yeah, okay, yeah. but this person is now thank God alive and well and praying for other people and just a whole different, different lifestyle. Okay. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Anyway, another thing that I've been showered with recently are doves. And I don't know if I've told you Dan, like doves started coming during COVID. I mean, uh-huh. no, I'm on the backyard and they're in there and in there's in the backyard, they're walking past the backyard. They're on the roof. Okay. Um, <laughs> now I can see them. I can open up my front, my window and they're there. And I just can feeling I think that those are those love signs for God, for me. Okay? Yeah. I think God speaks to everybody different ways. And I, I, I do believe that he speaks. I may not be a voice that's saying don't or whatever, or yeah. go, go buy this or go do this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I do think it as as a way of, um, I like to call that as a way of a meditation kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. You spend some quiet time with him. You listen, you just are listening to your, in, his inner voice in you. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the great things that also happened during COVID is we started praying with the group um, every morning via zoom. Uh-huh. And I always heard about speaking in tongues and I thought, Oh, I want that. Yeah. But I never, I, I, I would go, okay, I'll, I want it but I honestly didn't believe it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had a block mentally going, mm, that's kind of a uh, way out there. That's not for me. Okay. Not, uh, 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 well, one morning during prayer time, here I am and we're praying. And all of a sudden I'm speaking in tongues, I'm praying in tongues. And I'm like, did that just come out, you know? Yeah. And it was just natural and normal. And it was, it's, it's, it's a beautiful feeling because when I now, um, I now can go to if I'm having hard days nights or whatever cuz my go to is when I'm having a hard night or hard day I'll go home I'll go to sleep and as I'm sleeping I'm thanking God for everything I'm thanking him for my for the toilets <laughs> I'm thank, no, I'm thanking him for running water. I'm thanking him for my hairstylist. I'm thanking him for all kinds of stuff. I don't care. Just going, my mind just keeps going and going and going until I have that peace and go to sleep. But but also I have found that when I'm when when something starts to come into my life or and starts a process and starts to bother me mentally, yeah. uh, I can go to and also start praying in tongues. And just just a moment for myself because it's because it's, it's 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 all it is is the Holy Spirit praying for me, okay? Oof. That's all it is, and and I I start feeling a peace, a relaxation. Awesome.
1: So I I'm listening to the conversation here, and and you've gone from a a really significant journey, you know, um, again fatherless, uh, single mother lots of responsibility while mom was trying to deal with herself and working to provide for you guys Um, learning some horrible news of being the product of rape and stuff. Um, You know, and then, but that was then, and right now hindsight is always 2020. So you can look back and you can see where God was still there with you during all those times. But at that moment in time, I'm. I'm going to assume that you didn't see the cup as half full. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, like I said, it's a. Lo- it was a work in progress. A lot of work in progress. And and
1: during those times, though, when the cup was half empty, how did you survive, even during that time?
2: Well, I don't know. As a kid, because as a kid. Um, as a kid, I already had those, a lot of those issues with me going, thinking that I was unwanted yeah. and, and, and I think my surviving that was being able that there was an open door that I had that other family in Nicaragua that I was able to, 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 not only that, that I had other friends and families that actually kind of like adopted me. right? And they, I was able to have them help me out and and talk to me and, and mentor me. But as, as a, as a youth, I didn't handle it very well. I mean, I, like I said.
1: Well, I, and again, you know, what, what is rebellion? It's, it's a, it's you're against something. And obviously you were angry against things that were in your life, right? The things that had, uh, and again, you talked about even the voices, the be still stuff, you know, a lot of that still comes back to, um, you know, Obviously, we're faith-based, but for those that aren't faith-based that might be listening to this, you know, there, I I firmly believe that there's good and there's evil in the world, yes. right? And and I believe evil comes in the form, evil has a master, and it's called Satan. And good has a a God, and His name is God, right? And and but the voices inside your head were the voices that were trying to tell you of yourself, your, your self doubt and making you feel limited in your, in what you were capable of, not making you feel worthy. And all those negative voices were not voices that were coming from God. Yeah. You, you didn't choose what you were born into. You know what I mean? It just came upon you, but eventually you were able to start to make choices that turned away from those things. Right. And to Mm -hmm. say that, you know what, it my ne- the negative things I'm feeling. I mean, I was even surprised even what you're saying that you still somewhat maintained an understanding of that there was a God, that you weren't even rebelling against God per se, you know? Yeah, you may have not had an active faith life or something like that, but it wasn't like you had totally rejected the idea of a God, you know? and uh, And so I think And the reason I'm saying all this is because a lot of people right now are going through things, right, where there's hopelessness in their life. And hopelessness is a direct correlation to brokenness, right? When things are broken in our lives, we become very hopeless. And the glimpses of hope, and I've said this on this podcast, is that I want somebody, if you're going through something right now and you just don't have the ability to find it, borrow my hope. And you were able to borrow the hope of those families that adopted you and mentored you. You were able to borrow the hope of your grandmother, you know, and you were able to lean into her hope And so those are the things that kind of propelled you and carried you through those difficult times in your life. It wasn't because you had found this amazing hope and anchored in Christ, but it was because you found this hope or at least a glimmer of hope in just somebody paying attention to you and actually showing some love towards you. And, and And I say that because I want to encourage people that are listening. This is why it's so important for us to be positive lights in the world that we live in today. We have the capacity to change the environment, to change the atmosphere by just beginning to love one another like we're supposed to. Yeah. And see, and that's what happened to you is because somebody showed you love, that love, even though you didn't pull you right away into a faith relationship, it sustained you and it carried you and it prevented you from going down a path that could have led to destruction. Mm-hmm. And it's a, so that's a very powerful thing. And what's amazing now, like I said, you could go back and and like I said with the hindsight, you can say, Hey, I see God at all these places now, and right. you're a hundred percent right. It was this family, it was my grandma, it was this person, you know, and and so and now it's birds, you know. <laughs> you know, so I think it's great, you know, that we're seeing all that, you know. Um I know you share a lot and a lot of people didn't know this, the camp, um, that you worked with, with the girls that were in the correctional facility. Uh And, um, you know, but if, but any girl that's struggling right now, that maybe is part of a single parent environment, you know, where there's a, and, um, or maybe that, you know, learn that they were a vict- you know, a result of something that was maybe not a positive because this, you're not an uncommon situation. Lots of babies have been born out of situations of, of that were that, that your, your mom experienced. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what would you say is just as a word of encouragement for them to help bring hope to that person today, who's actually tuned in and listened.
2: Hmm. Well, well, if they have a relationship, first of all, with God. Okay. Then I would say to cling to, um, the Bible verse that says, I think it's Jeremiah that says, um, Oh, I don't have it right now. The
1: The plans he has for you. Yeah.
2: But no, no. Then it's the one about, um, that he knew you in your mother's. womb. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. That he knew you. And that, that meant a lot to me. And, um, Because looking back, I mean, I didn't realize that, if he had that plan for me and he already knew me and loved me then and was taking care of me now that I could look back and see it. Okay. And yeah, I'm older and I can look back and maybe this person or whoever's listening is younger and you can't. Okay. But you, you, you can see by other people's lives, like for example, my life or somebody else that, you know, if there's anybody that I can mentor you have seen this, that, um, that there is a plan. Okay. And, and there are no mistakes. I, I don't believe that there are coincidences. I don't believe mistakes. I believe, I, I guess I want to say is that there is a purpose for God's, um, for our life. Okay. And that really helped me to know that, um, I was loved already. Mm. Okay. Even though I had a father that didn't want anything to do with me, okay? Or my mother that probably had to remember these memories and and when she saw me, okay? Yeah. And, and and to this day I have a great relationship with her. I mean, we we have a really good relationship. But um but to know that I had some a father that actually Um, is watching over me and protecting me and guiding me. And, and not until I was able to really, I mean, it, it took years and I still challenged over my, like, even through my marriage. And like I said, not even till my old age now, older age that I, that I'm actually was able to, I guess, surrender and just say, I I, I can't do this on my own. Mm. I can't live this life on going through thinking that I have it all under control or, um, and so it just, it comforted me. And I hope that brings comfort to you to know that, um, you are loved. You are wanted. Yeah, There is a plan and a purpose. And, and um, and the more you hang on to that, the more you seek it, the more you seek the father and, and just spend time with him and, and start off just by praying a prayer that is there's, there's nothing big about it. You don't have to have elegant words. I, I definitely do not. Okay. And, and like I used to tell the girls at the detention center, I, I remember for them to say, to start with saying, Hey, you know, and go, "Hey, dude, why are you like, okay, you know, yeah. just start. Just did start.
1: You, did you just out of curiosity, did you have to go back ever? And, and, and I, you know, maybe at some point in your life, did you have to forgive your father? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I had to forgive my father. I had to go back and I forgave my mother. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I've had to forgive, um, I mean, I, I've had, um, I've had men try to rape me. I've had, you know, I've had um, a family member um molest me, okay? As uh, I mean at a young age. Yeah. And um, I had to I grew up I had to I had that shame with me thinking it, it was me, okay? What did I do, okay? What did I do wrong or what happened, you know? And and I had to um I had to go back and forgive And it doesn't mean I had to be that person's friend or or, or go back and associate with that person or anything. But the reason uh, the the forgiveness was such a key thing because um, it eats you alive when you don't forgive those thoughts and those memories and those things. Okay. And, and this person is off living their life, doing whatever, whatever they want to do. But I, I was still caged in that life, in those memories.
1: Yeah. And yeah. as
2: soon as I forgave, I was able to, like, um, release it, baby, and, and not dwell on it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and I think that's a key point because, again, and I think you just said it, but, you know, I always heard it said that unforgiveness is the poison you drink, hoping the other person dies. <laughs> and it's like, it's just killing you. That other person doesn't even know your feelings, nope. or thoughts. And so nope. you need to do that in order to do that. The other thing is, too, is in in those situations where you had these, you you were a victim, don't get me wrong, but you had the choice to determine, do I continue to be a victim or do I choose to step into my purpose and become victorious? And Mm. that's the, I think that's the position for all of us in whatever our circumstance. And the only way you can switch the, make that switch from victim to victor is by finding hope.
2: Oh, I totally believe, and 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 during that time of that deep depression that I was going through, that was one of the things that really helped me get through it because I know the the Bible verses that spoke about. I think it's in Ephesians or Philippians that speaks about um, what is true, what is noble, the thoughts that are in yeah, your okay yeah, yeah, And yeah. and um, and I was it, it, I had to make a choice. Do I wall? Do I continue to what I used to say, wallow my self pity? Yeah. Okay. Right. And every night, just you know, go put the covers over my sheet and just cry, or mm-hmm. do I? Or, or do I choose to say enough? Yeah. No longer. And so I do. I I, I go through life and I I, I wake up. Not that I'm praying. I go. You know. I, I you'll hear my prayers going. <laughs> this is this is something. This is what I'm feeling. Or this is. But I choose.
1: Yeah. To yeah. do this. Yeah. Well. I just got to say thank you. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thank you so much for doing this and being a part of this. Um, you know, again, we're, I think, well, this is our 10th episode, David. Uh, yes, I believe I so. I think it's our 10th episode. So, you know, congratulations. You're number 10. <laughs> That's a great number. <laughs> it exists. It so, you're number 10. And I got to tell you, if, just to speak to the audience for a minute, if you really have liked these shows, please like them on on whether the platform you're listening to us on and give us any kind of comments, because honestly it helps us to keep continuing to spread this message out there of hope. It's not about bragging about who we are. It's really about being able to bring hope into a place right now. And there's plenty of places that hope needs to be brought into. So if you could like this and give us a comment, we'd appreciate it. Anyways, everybody stay faithful and stay hopeful. Thank you.
0: Awesome, thanks.